Hello, Maderick. Welcome to Juice List. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, hey, Jude. How are you doing? Well, thank you for having me. I'm excellent. Right now, I'm in sunshine in Morocco. <laughs> so everything's fine. Everything's fine. Good, 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 good. Maderick, tell us what you do. Tell us a bit about yourself. Let's say that Maderick Touré is a painter. I'm an artist. I'm born in Cote d'Ivoire. I went to the United States when I about four years old with my father. I had uh, the whole urban experience, my college years, everything in Washington, D.C. And I came back in my, t- in my teenage years, okay. actually, when I was like in the 70s, I came back to the Ivory Coast in West Africa. The little story is that I'm a real combination of different worlds. Um, my story is kind of particular because I actually did the contrary. I'm born in the Ivory Coast. I studied in, in America, but I didn't stay there. So I came back to, um, to Cote d'Ivoire to study, as you know, African art. Mm-hmm. It was very, it was important for me. It has something for me to figure out which place was I going ha- to have in this art world, in this, in this um, creative space, which we call the world. Um, what place do I have? So I had to... Um, relearn my whole culture. And um, what I did is, to make the long story short, is that I try to combine those two worlds between the urban, street art, hip-hop, everything you know that's come from the United States, and the much more traditional tribal and African art. So I'm a mix of those those two cultures combined. So right now, I'm still living the adventure. I like to travel a lot. So I'm from Ivy Coast, but right now I'm in Morocco, which is not my country, but it takes part of my my learning experiences, my, you know, uh, everything I need to learn from each country to make my art much more deeper so I can speak to the, you know, to the whole world. Okay. So, so growing up, Eric, what was your influence to you deciding that you'd want to be an artist? Oh, it was bunch of them. First of all, I started with cartoons, as you all know. When as a child, you always see cartoons: the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Donald Duck. What's it called again? Uh, I have a cartoon that I really liked on uh, The Simpsons. I was I was uh, copying The Simpsons on, on my notebooks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's uh, as a normal, you know, that regular child. I was really inspired by cartoons. First of all, and then when I got a little bit older, which says like nine or ten. I started being interested into those artists, what we call abstract artists like Picasso or like Salvador Dali. I was so fascinated by Van Gogh that I, I, I once did a replica of one of Van Gogh's masterpieces. It's called La Ronde des Prisonniers. In English, it's called uh, The Round of Prisoners. And it's a scene where we, you find different prisoners walking and round. And I try to capture all those shadows and light at the same time. And I did quite well. I, I, I actually, the replica was made in oil sticks. And from that period, I remember my teacher called my parents and told them that I had a special gift and they should really, really, uh, you know, have an eye on me. But as usual, as an African parrot, you say, no way. <laughs> yeah. Son is not going to do some art stuff because um, actually my father was, uh, he was in the military actually. And he used to work in the embassy there. And this is how the whole story went, is that, and I'm the only, let's say, artist in the whole family. 
Mm-hmm. I'm the only artist. As you know, the story doesn't change. It's always hard when you have sort of an intellectual family to do all those artistic yeah. jobs, sports. It's, it's, it's always a tough thing. So I had to convince my convince my, my, my father, actually, because the story is that I didn't grow up with my mother, actually. Okay. Yeah. So I had something missing and maybe the art side, the creative part of me was something that was in exchange. It was filling that part that I was missing because I, I had, I had to um, reimagine um, all those fantasies. And as a, as a, as a child, I really had to dig into myself to see how I can create my own world actually, mm-hmm. you know, because I had something and my father was a military, so he wasn't he wasn't paying attention to anything at all. You know, they're pretty strict. Yeah. Military mind, like Tupac says. <laughs> and yeah, so I can't say that it was a curse or a blessing, but I think it created the whole artist I am today. Yeah. The fact that uh, I can travel the world and uh, be in touch with everyone without figuring out where they come from or who they are, what's the race. I think that my world that was created, I think it's helping me in a, in a, in a certain sense to not have boundaries, you okay. know, and in, in, uh, in what I do and how I see the world. And yeah, to make the long story short, I, I think that's about it. It's something I try to create my own world in, in my head, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think it, it really helped me. And what's funny is that I think that the best way for me to do this is to be a abstract expressionist you know as you can see i probably had a glimpse of my art but you can see that i i'm, I'm fighting with with abstract and figurative at the same time okay. you know it's 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 a real balance that i'm trying to have and people i can see people usually the art professionals and the, the art worlds are they usually compare me to different artists maybe yeah. they have the same thing that i have you can say i have the the cubism of um, of the Basquiat or, or Picasso or sometimes Dali when, when, when I, in my younger years when I worked in those figurative paintings. What I try to do in, in my adventure right now is to try to, um, I seek different cultures, which, why I'm in Morocco, you know, I seek different cultures to see how I can make those, the way of seeing life, I can add it to my paintings and to my creation. Yeah. Maderick, what was growing up with your father like and how did that sort of influence who you are today it was pretty tough because i had to create when i say create my own world i mean it because i was sort of a the lost child you know the the child who's um well they can call it rebel child but i i don't feel it's i was rebel i think i needed i wasn't uh, understood you know since I was the first artist and I'm the first artist in the family, there's a good side and a bad side about it. This is why I, I always say that there's a balance in all, all things. You need those two. There's one good thing you can, you can have and one good side only. You need those two sides to have a, a complete balance in your own life so you can, you can really understand it later in your life, actually. And while you live in it, while you, 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 it's always, everybody's against you, you know, you can't express yourself, you're cursed, you know, but when time passes, and when I get older, when I, I'm, I am older, actually, I start to understand what made the artist that I am. So I think that the part where, the part that my dad played in my life was 
to have that balance, actually. It was pretty tough, and I, and I think I, I understood why. I needed that toughness in my life. You know, I needed it, especially, I always say that an artist always comes up with a curse. Always. Um, I, I had something like an, missing. An artist always comes out with a curse. Yes, yes. It's that balance that you need to have. Um, you can take every artist you, you want. They have an incomplete side to them, you know. Um, what makes it strange to people, but I think that that's what makes... Every artist I studied, actually, um, from going to Leonardo da Vinci, from the African artist that I, I have one, his name is Fadero. Fadero, he's a ben, he comes from Benet. He's, he's actually the one that took me in, um, in the studio in, in, in Ivory Coast. Yeah, in Ivory Coast. And uh, every artist, like, like Picasso, Basquiat, you know, Van Gogh, uh, Bansky, all these people that we, we, we love right now, they have a traumatizing part of their life. Yeah. You know, that once you, you, you have to, just like you're doing, you have to discuss with them to see what's that part, you know, because you're, you're not going to see it directly. People, you can see it in their art, of course, but you really need to be professional, critic, you yeah. know, to see it. Otherwise, you're going to see it into like a, just a simple technique, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I, from my perspective, I really think that um, each artist has something that's um, maybe a curse. It's a little too much, but I think it's it, it belongs there, you know, because they're they're not normal people. They're not normal. First of all, to express yourself as an artist, you, you need to be outside of what's the norm. You know, uh, you you need to be outside of it. When an artist is doing his work, he doesn't know it himself. He doesn't know it himself. You need to have an outside critic, you know, an outside eye, someone who studies it to see exactly. This is why they pay people, critics, to, you know, to see the whole part of an artist's life. Where was it missing? What thing was missing? Like I told you, me, I didn't grow up with my, with my mother. I started, I, I knew my mother when I was like 20, 20 or something. So I had something missing, Yeah. you know, and, and the fact that I had something missing, maybe it was something that, that transformed me into an artist, you know? Um, you can say that I had the skills, but I don't think so. Uh, to be honest, I really don't believe in skills. I think that the more you work into something, the, the better you get at it. Um, that's you know, um, the difference between people who are specialized in something is that they do it 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah. That's the difference, you know? You can take anybody. The only difference is the time that they're probably going to be learning it from. Because some people take two days to learn something. Some people take one year. <laughs> you know? yeah. but, but I think us as humans, I think we, we have the capacity to do stuff, extraordinary stuff. But you, you need to be, you, you really need to be in it. You, know? you, you need to be um, passionate about it first. And, and then the skills comes. Because I, I don't think someone comes with a special gift. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that it's it's people who are uh, much more passionate about it. That practice makes perfect. You, you know that thing, right? Yeah. Like I told you, the difference is the time scale. You know, it's like some people takes one week to learn. Some people make two years to learn. Yeah. But it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But back to the point on your balance. You mentioned that like an artist's life, there's always a light and dark side, right? 
Yes. How has that showed in your own personal life and how have you learned to deal with the balance? Well, first of all, <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be awkward, but I have, I have, I have no luck with girls. <laughs> what because, do you mean? <laughs> well, look, look, I told you, remember from the start, I told you I didn't grow up with my mother. Okay. Yeah. So which means missing. I don't know how to interact, even though I have a bunch of them. Of course, I'm an artist, you know, they like what I do. That's not the problem, but I can't keep them. <laughs> you know yeah. because I'm maybe outside of my conscious way of the, maybe I don't know maybe it's my subconscious or something maybe I'm searching for that in them and when I don't find it I'm always doubting that they're going to leave and I and I provoke that you push them away yes exactly so 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 sometimes uh, I remember one time I was I was painting and I was thinking about this I was really thinking about this I was like maybe I'm the problem. I'm the problem. And uh, when I told you about curse, it is that sometimes artists sacrifice what's the norm, like having a normal family, having a normal thing, to um, to put everything in their art. You know, I, I always said, you know, one time I had a art student who who uh, who asked me an advice about uh, art in general and how do I, you know, um, organize my life and how I paint. I told them, first of all, what you have to know about art, art is very, extremely jealous. You, you can't do something else. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You have to devote yourself like 100% to art, you know, because the best people who have always done it were 100% on it. Yeah. 100. 100. There's no 80. There's no 75. There's no 50. It's, it's always a hundred. And, and when you ask them, they, they tell you the same thing. They said that you want to do art while making a job, that's good. But in a certain time, art is going to go like, okay, sorry, but go F yourself. I wanted the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is why people quit to devote themselves to art. You know, this is because they, they, there's, a, there's a message that tells them, nah, you're going to have to do the whole thing. You're going to have to do every morning. Because it's a full-time job, you know, selecting colors, uh, making a whole lot of mistakes, starting back. Sometimes, I, I, I forgot that famous quote, but it, it's about artists has to make a whole bunch of mistakes first. Uh, it's part of the project. You, you can't find an artist who does a masterpiece right away. Sometimes it takes like five years to find that one simple masterpiece. Yeah, but, but <laughs> you know? I also argue and say that now we have artists who have day jobs and at the same time practice professionally as uh, as an artist and they, they are doing very well, well okay i'm going to tell you something about this it's simple to understand i think they mastered their craft first they, ma they mastered it which part of the craft well their technique you know the way because if they're living good out of it which means that they they did you know it's always a balance like i told you they did their amount of you know, of, of give back, you know, they, they studied it first, you know, they took the sacrifice, they sacrificed a whole lot of time to learn. And then once they mastered it, I think it goes, it flows. You don't need to, f for me, for instance, I, I think that besides the, the fact of making a living out of your art, there's an experience of being an artist too, that you need to have. Sometimes I like when I make mistakes because which it takes me 
it lets me know that I'm a human being first before everything. <laughs> yeah. Need to make those mistakes. And it goes for every every department, you know, it's not only artists, you know, it's it's everything. I'm sure that you made your podcast in the beginning. It wasn't all good, yeah. you know, it was like made a whole lot of mistakes. Yeah. And I think that you just went on. You just went on. You just like eye blind and went on. And this is why I usually say, I say, those people that you admired, of course, you, you say they make it easy. I swear to God, Michael Jordan wasn't good like this. He made it look easy. Like you, he, may, he can do something. He can go play golf. But trust me, he took his amount of time <laughs> to, you know, yeah. it's, this is why they can do the two at the same time because they mastered it. And I think that once you mastered it, I think so. And this is, it comes from my perspective. I can be wrong. But I think that once you mastered it, you can do everything you want. Because I think you paid your amount too. You paid your due. And when I speak about mastering it, 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 it's not about only skills. It's about being unique in what you do. You know, it, it takes time to do this. Yeah. Medrick, what's the path towards mastery in any field, in your opinion? The path. I don't think you need someone to tell you that you master it. You know it yourself. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know where I saw this, but I saw a cool documentary where they were saying that it can get boring sometimes when you, when you master your craft. Because this is that you mastered it, you know. Because when you're always doing it, you, you, you're searching. Once you find it, it's like, I can do it later. You know, it's, it's, it's always like this. It, it can get boring. And sometimes I, I remember, uh, I think it's in the same documentary where they said that you can do masterpieces one or two times in your life. But the third time you have to be a genius. You know, you have to be a genius because being genius is very different. It's very different. <laughs> you wow. know, people usually confuse being good artists, great artists and genius. There are three different things. Explain. Geniuses are people who, they stand the test of time, you know? They stand the test of time. And everybody can say that they're geniuses, you know? You can create masterpieces, but geniuses, it's, it's, it's not for everyone, you know? You can have the skills, you know? You can, you can, do, you can be a very, very good drawer, painter. Um, but those things, go ask Asians. They can copy your thing. That's, that's not the problem, you yeah. know. Do, do you know that they have a school, an art school, where there's like there are 3,000 art students that are doing the same thing? 3,000. Wow. It's incredible, you know, which means that it, this, it comes from being skilled and, and uh, being good at it. That's all. Being a genius. Now, this is something out of this world, you know. Um, this is why I told you about um, working your craft every single day to maybe find a glimpse of genius of, of something, you know? Yeah. Because it, 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 nature doesn't give it like this. It, you, you need to exchange with something very heavy. <laughs> you know? Oh, uh, absolutely. And remember I told you about sacrificing and being cursed. Geniuses are extremely cursed. Extremely. Name one. I mean, I mean name one. Genius that you know that's not cursed. Name one. And when I say curse, it's that they have something missing or something, a drama, something that happened, or they died soon, you know, or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Always like this. Yeah, it's true. I look back and I think of all the ones that I, I've read about, like Steve Jobs, like 
Da Vinci, Picasso, all of them, they had something about oh, them. That's that's my point. Even 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 Africa. You know, it, it's funny is that maybe our generation or, or I've been talking to a friend of mine about the way we're discovering new African artists, you know. Um, there was a bunch of them. It's not only Kerry James Marshalls. It's not only there's a bunch of them that we, we're discovering. That's that was way before, way before all these people. That now we're rediscovering them. Those are they were genius as as well, and they they had those those tragedies that happened to him. Sometimes they they were too drunk, they died. <laughs> sometimes they didn't live to take advantage of the art. They died very soon, and sometimes, you know, um, their family took advantage of it. I mean, it's, 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 things happen like this. Not to say that it's uh, something that's currently happening, but it's, it's never going to change. Those geniuses have something, Da Vinci that you were talking about. Da Vinci was always, it's like he was living out of this world. <laughs> it's like he was own mind doing those stuff he didn't even pay attention to what's happening in the world <laughs> you know it's it's and, and this is why i'm talking about being out of the norms you know and what's funny is that uh while they're doing it they're in advance for the world to know it's sometimes 50 years and uh you know 60 years or two three generation that they they can go back to this and say oh damn this guy oh my god this guy was a genius Remember the story of Tesla, right? Yeah. Tesla. Okay. He's a genius. Look at how he died. Yeah. The, the guy, we're all living from his creation, electricity. <laughs> but look at the guy. I mean, I think geniuses usually come to serve the world. They don't come for us. Yeah. yeah. They don't come from their own per personal stuff. They come from f for the world, actually. Yeah. You know? I think someone like even Shakespeare, it was... Hundreds of years after he had died, before he became famous. Okay. He's a genius also. I mean, I can name, the geniuses come from everything. You know, we've been talking about uh, Tupac last time. Remember Tupac Shakur? Yeah. This, <laughs> he, he's a Look at the way he died. <laughs> he spent all his life cursing of himself dying. It's like he predicted itself. And geniuses are like this. They, they have something that's out of the norm. And, and when you're normal, you're like, what if, this guy is crazy. I mean, no, because he's what he's living right now. You won't understand this, but probably in a couple of years. And I always say that it takes talent to discover geniuses. It takes talent. Even to discover t talent, uh, a genius, it takes talent, you know, because you, you need to have that special eye. You need to have an appreciation. Uh, to, oh, definitely. Trust me. Trust me for this. You really need to need that. Uh, um, most of the time, people pass through it and say, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's another crazy dude. <laughs> you know? And uh, same for artists, same for painters, same for Picasso, for instance. He wasn't the guy that was celebrated back in the days. Remember when he started? The first exhibition he did? People were like, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> you know? Cut this shit out, you know? They, uh, several times. And... What helped them actually is the fact that, besides the fact that he has politics involved in his works, I think that it helped them a lot. Because if Picasso was in a different country, like for instance, I am in Africa or something, I don't think it would be Picasso, you know? Yeah. I don't think so. And there was different circumstances. The fact that uh, back in the days, those African tribal masks represented and, and portrait, portraits, it, it was pretty new. It was pretty new for the, 
for the Europeans. You know, they they were kind of frightened. But now look at how the balance made. It's, it's it it went from being scared, from having it in your in your home. It's it's funny how the balance works. Yeah, everything that's bad now. Trust me, in the future it can be good, and the, and the contrary, we can say the contrary. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's crazy. In your own life, Maderick, have you learned to sort of like stay curious? Have you learned to evolve? Have you learned to improve on your craft? Okay, first of all, I always thought that I had something special. Always, always, always. You, it's like it's a state of mind. You always have to think that you're you're special in something, even though you you're not. You know, that's the game, actually. You know, it's, it's like you, you, you're putting in your subconscious that you're special. So it triggers the curiosity and, and, to, and to, to do things. You know, it's like, okay, I'm special. Uh, let me see how I can improve this. Uh, let, let, me, let me find that, okay? Of course, no one's special. You know, we all die. You know, no one's we live and you die. Like, like someone says, never say all. All is for is for death. Everyone, everybody, the, all the people die. You know. Yeah. Besides this, all is not for everything. You know. What triggers me every morning to to work and to improve my art is to say that I didn't do enough the day before. I think that it's very important to uh, never be satisfied with what you do. Never, never. I always say to my uh, sometimes the collectors who, who come and see me. I always tell them I when I do. A, masterpiece you know it's in the eye of the you know the people who watches but when i do something that collectors like or uh, what's sold sometimes before it, uh, when people tell me they like it so much i turn it away from my studio i put it away you know why because once you fall in love with your own work you're falling in love with this world you're not going to be go able to go outside of this world you know you're always going to be fascinated by this world but this is not how art works you, you need to make different pieces each piece has its own world you know so the trick is not to fall in love with your own work you, you need to do better every time that's all you know so this this is why i'm always you ask me how do i get the inspiration to keep on it's actually this you know i I don't usually get satisfied easily with what I do. And to be honest with you, I hate my old works. I hate my old works with a deep feeling. <laughs> I, I don't know why, because I think it's probably the fact that I, I think I can do better. I think I can do better than what I did before, you know? And this is what makes me do it every time, you know? Because once you're satisfied with what you work, I, I think it's not that it stops you from doing work, but, but I think it, it keeps you into a bubble. You know, and I, I don't really like um, staying in a, in, a, in a bubble, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Maderick, on the definition of who a great artist is, in your definition, what does it take? And where would you define where you are right on your artistic journey? Oh, like I, I can say that I'm in the middle of my, the path. I, I'm really in the middle. I actually started like, like 17 years ago. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while. And I'm still searching. I'm still seeking some new stuff. This is part of the reason why I'm in Morocco right now because I'm still seeking. For instance, uh, when I go into those, you know, those markets, I go always look at those different medias, materials, those pigments, and see what can't I find in West Africa? What can't I find in the U.S.? What can I find in, and what's particular in Morocco that I can exploit? And I found some. You know, there's these pigments here that's that's typical 
Moroccan pigments that you can find that I, I add in my in my paintings. You know, there's those blue rocks, you know, all those things that's traditional. I think that um, I'm in a never-ending journey of finding myself. And I, I think it's, uh, it's the best way for me to answer that question. Remember when I told you I'm never satisfied of what I do? I think it's it goes both ways. It's, it's the same thing as my career. I think it's whether I, I have a show in, in China, Russia, uh, South Africa, you know, everywhere. I think I can still do go to Brazil and convince them, you know. <laughs> you know, I can still go to Mexico and convince them. And it's never enough. I think that the driving must come from this part the part where you're never satisfied of what you do. It, it has to triggers, it, it, it has to, uh, this is where curiosity comes from, actually, you know, because you're always seeking for something that you didn't have before, yeah. you know. And I think that's very relevant to you, you, you say that because that almost fuels the artistic drive and the creativity because for someone like Da Vinci, you realize that, he experimented with so many different fields, you know. He was a painter. He also studied science. He also studied biology. Exactly. You know, he studied nature. And it was just a conscious effort of translating all those fields and then f finding answers for himself that drove him, you know. It was an intense drive to find answers. That's exactly true. And I think Da Vinci is the perfect example. And you know what's funny? I, I had a discussion with one of my friends about he told me, ah, you know, you're an African. Ah, oh, come on, man. What you going to do with Da Vinci? I see it's a human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're humans. And this guy, his creation, we're all taking advantage of that, you know? So yeah, yeah. What, what, what the hell are you talking about? He invented the, the helicopter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the perfect example of a perfect human being, you know? A human being who studies everything. You know, yeah. and he spent all his life mastering each field, each each of them: mathematics, science, drawing, painting, um, architecture. Uh, I I don't know. You can name it. And when people say, "Remember what I told you about genius is a rare, right?" Yeah. Genius is it's it's a rare thing. People say it like this, but it's it's not. People are not geniuses. Geniuses are pretty rare. You know, you can find great artists. You can find some superb artists, some artists who, you know, that have that wow effect. But geniuses? Oh, oh my God. This this is something else. Because sometimes geniuses, their art, it's not always what you see. It has some subliminal messages. Every time, you, every, every, every peach of it, you, you're going to discover something, you know? Yeah. Remember I talked to you about you need to have talent to to discover a genius itself, you know, this, yeah. that's the, that's the, the reality of it, you know? Yeah. And in all your travels, Mederick, to find inspiration, to discover and to learn, what are the, some of the common themes that you found like traveling in your travels? I think that humans are all the same. <laughs> but this is what I love about traveling is that I figure out that uh, the humankind it's funny that I'm generalizing, you know, but as an artist, I think I can't do this. We're practically the same. We're seeking for the same thing. We have pain. Our stories are quite the same. We like beauty. We like new stuff. We like discovering. This is what I like about it. It's that humans with a capital H, it says it itself, humans. 
it's like we're, we're all the same. We have the same way of, of seeing things. It's funny that you're saying this because if you go back in time, you can see that the way culture was made out, it's like it didn't need one human being to go to another side of the earth to create culture. It all happens. It all happened like this, which means that humans, we're, we're all the same, actually. You know, okay. if I go to Mexico, for instance, I think I'm probably going to be the same way I am, like in Morocco. I'm going to see, still see people, still uh, discover, they have, they, they like art. What I can say about traveling is discovering different cultures and food. I think that's, that's what makes it uh, different. You know, it's very important what I'm saying, uh, Jude, because I, I think that culture and food plays a very, very in, in, important place and in, in part in seeing um, new stuff. Do you know that when you travel, actually, the way you know you're traveling is by eating new food, right? <laughs> okay, okay. I can see that. Yes, definitely. Because the landscapes and everything, it's, it's part of the world, you know? It, you, you can go see landscape. It's beautiful, of course, but it's, it's, it's there. But, but food, I think it's something else. Because if you go like in the, in the forest of the um, Amazon or something, and they give you a certain food, I don't know, with ants and all that stuff, you're going to be like, what the? <laughs> yeah. When you're eating it, the way they're eating it, and you look at them, for them, it's so natural. They're going to look at you like, why don't you like that shit? Say, well, because I don't like it. What the fuck? is? Well, it's the same thing. It means that us humans, we can adapt everywhere. It's all a matter of time, you know? If I go into a certain culture, if I'm used to eat, let's say, fried rice from Ghana, you know? If you eat fried rice, and if you go somewhere else where they don't eat it, you're not going to like it at first. So please, stay one year. <laughs> stay one year. You're going to see you're going to go, hey, can I, can I have the salt, please? <laughs> You're going to take the salt and eat that shit. You're going to eat that shit like it never happened, like you never ate it. Which means that we're, we're probably all the same. It's, it's all a matter of culture. And, and, and culture, it's something that you can, you can go beyond that, actually. You can, if, you, if you really know the, the humankind, the our power of, to adapt in certain things, trust me, every human are, are the same. Every humans are the same. This is why it's important for artists to to travel. You know, you have to travel. You have to remember we were talking about curiosity. It's the same thing. I came in Morocco by being curious. I took the risk. The same thing from Senegal and everything. And as a matter of fact, I think I should go to Ghana too <laughs> because I heard it's pretty expensive. Is it true? <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna lie. Yes, it's relatively expensive. It's, it's expensive. Accra is an expensive city. Okay. Lately, yeah. Especially, so is this like the whole cost of living, you know, like accommodation, transport, food, those, those are the things that are expensive, you know, compared to... What do you think provoked that? What do you think made that happen? I mean, what, what, what went wrong? Because it's, it's in West African countries. It's not supposed to be that, that expensive, actually. It's, it's dependent on several factors, you know, definitely... One of the main things is that Ghana is heavily reliant on imported goods. So, oh, okay, okay, goods, I get. It. Most of the goods are imported, you know. So it means that like we're not producing as much as we should uh, as a country, yeah. and we're importing finished goods instead of doing any form of processing ourselves as a country. So that affects I, 
uh, production, you know, even down yeah. to productivity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Maderick, let's also talk about your art style and then your influences. Um, how do you yeah. define your style? And then what sort of goes into your... My technique, your actually? Technique? Yeah. Well, like I said from the jump, it's a mix of cultures. I come from West Africa. So West Africa, there's a bunch of tribal masks, a bunch of symbols, a bunch of, you know, totems. What I try to do is that I come from a street art generation. You know, I, I studied street art. I come from street art. I remember my, my first journey into art was doing street art walls. I did a lot of walls in Barcelona and Switzerland. You can still see some of my walls there. I come from this in Spain also. What I try to do is combine those two styles. And remember I talked to you about um, fighting with figuratives, which takes me to those masks. You know, my only figurative in my paintings are those expression of mask, eyes and all. I think I'm still searching for that perfect combination between traditional tribal art and urban art, which says... Which, which, which means abstract expressionist, you know. Um, I think I come from those two worlds. My paintings are, I, um, and the media I work also are, are pretty rare because, um, of course, I work with oil paintings, with, with acrylic, but I also work with coffee. I actually work with nuts also, nuts pigments, you know. It's a pretty tough experience, but it's all those combinations that makes my art, and it, it, you're probably going to see my art one day, but there's a lot of layers, okay, a lot of different medias. So we, when you touch it, you can see the whole volume of, of, of medias inside. It's not only expressing myself, but it, it's about putting some, some different elements depth to it. Exactly, to have a depth on it. So my art, um, that's the way I speak to actually the, the world, is to put everything inside so that they can relate somehow to um, to my paintings. And what's, and what's good about it is that, um, remember I talked to you about different balances, balance? Yeah. The coffee part about it and the nut pigments about it, it gives you that earthy, that earthy way of, of thing, thing, you know, brownish, yeah. black. And the urban part of it is those, that street art, very vibrant colors also. You know, so this is what combines the, the whole effect of my paintings. It's like, it's, it's a mixture between those two worlds, uh, the traditional mask tribe, and then the urban style, much more vibrant. So I, I, I try to create scenes in those two different, you know, um, worlds. Yeah. So this is how I can, uh, and my, actually what's very important about my, my paintings is that I try to create stories also with having as characters, those masks, Okay. you know, yeah, so every time you see, uh, I'm going to show you a couple of, it's funny because I was wanted to show you my, uh, to bring you my biography and everything, so you're probably going to see everything. But I'm, I'm going to, after the, the chat, I'm probably going to send you via WeTransfer and a couple of, of pieces. You're probably going to see that uh, from the titles I make, from the, the my, my titles, I create a story that each, um, you know, the person that's watching it can create his own storyline you know what's funny <laughs> that's out of subject but i have a big show in russia and you know what's happening in russia <laughs> <laughs> so i right now the problem is that i can't go to russia yeah yeah I, 
You, you know why? Because I, I have, like I told, I, I don't know if I told you, I have a big gig in the United States and, and uh, probably in, one in New York and one in Nashville. And it's starting in June till September. My show in Russia is like in one month. So if I go to Russia, if I want to go to the United States, I'm, I'm killing myself. <laughs> of course I'm killing myself because once they see the passport, Russia, okay, go back. <laughs> you know? So, and it's, it's kind of sad while I'm saying this because they're putting politics into art. It's, it's for, for me, it's out of this world. It's not a topic. It's artists being artists wants to show the works to the world. Yeah. How can you talk it with politics? It has nothing to do. And it's kind of sad, you know, to, to be honest. What's the main message you want your viewers of your work to see? And what do you want them to receive? To be honest, I've been thinking about this. I, I think my viewers must, must know that me as an African artist, I don't consider myself as an African artist, actually. I consider myself as an artist being from Africa who wants to speak to the world. It's very different. It's very different. Because our thing in Africa, if you look at what Africa is, I always say that Africa, the way Africa did it was not to write. We spoke at the imaginary. How can you conceive a story that can go through generations? This is how African are, you know, we're not writing stuff. Yeah. We're telling stories, okay? Yeah. And my way of expressing myself is to tell stories. You know, you know what's great about stories? Stories are much more than writing. Because it goes through time, <laughs> you know. And, and what's funny is that, of course, it, it can get it, it can get corrupt. Of course, you know that stories generation people add stuff, you know, and then actually it's it's turned out to be a whole other story. But what's funny is that once you dig into the original story, there's always the original that you can go back to and see how it got corrupted. This is why I said to the to actually my work is that my storytelling is that Africa has its own word. To listen to an artist coming from where I come from is to listen to the world at the same time, you know, because from my experience, from, you know, going to the United States, going from there, there, I, I see that most of the time we're putting ourselves into boxes. This is not what an artist is. Remember, I, I told you that an artist comes to serve. He's not serving himself. To see with my art is that I, I, I come from a place where I see human with a capital H. I'm not an African artist, but I'm an artist coming from Africa. You know, that's, uh, I think that it's, for me, they're not the same thing. They're not the same thing. Because once, once you say some, someone is an something artist, it kind of blocks everything else. You know, it's like, okay, he comes from this. This, this is their story. He can't say this. Okay. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I think that what makes the, the world beautiful is that there's one, there's no one culture who didn't take from other cultures. It doesn't exist. Everything got borrowed from each other. Everything, which comes from Asian culture, European culture, African culture, whatever, Arab culture, they all come, they all take bits and bites, you know, from, and then they add it to their culture. And this is what makes the the world beautiful. So I think that they should, my work should 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 they could see it like a 
a universal way of seeing things, you know. Um, but I speak as an African. This is why I have masks because they're they're my speakers. They're the one who tells the stories. Okay. Yeah. And 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 what are the main themes, or what are what are the what's the main message behind these uh, masks? Most of the time, I like to tell stories about morals. Most of the time, I think that. Families, the main part of having a successful society. I'm telling you this because I see how things are happening in the world right now, and it's kind of it's kind of sad because we're losing our family structures. You know, what made the world great is that we had that. You know, I tell stories about what was great when we had our elders and they were telling us stories. I tell stories about the bad things that happened between the two. Genders. I tell stories about human interactions. Like,、uh, for instance, the last piece I made, I made a huge piece that I'm showing in in Russia. It's called Cultural Exchange. Remember, I talked to you about those different part of the world who took culture from each corner of the world, but they won't admit it. But history speaks for itself, you know. When you're in Ghana, and sometimes you can see the same thing in Mexico. You're like, "What? What the hell?" It happens like this. This is why I really don't believe into that hard differences. You know, I think that we just come from different environment and it shape us like this. That's all. We have the so much things in common that it's you have no idea. You know,、you、have no idea. I want my art to speak to the. To the world, I want them to listen to my stories, and they're 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 only human stories. You know, there's nothing there's nothing outside of that. You know, and and I I think I will also add on to say that you know identity is such a powerful thing because any story you say to yourself after where you say I am, that becomes who you are. You know, and that's a spiritual conscious idea because. As soon as you say I am, the world will part its way for you to become that thing. So, for instance, of course, say right now you identify as a runner. We both know that maybe you haven't put in the work to run a hundred meters and then win a, a world record, right? But yeah, because you've put put in your mind that I am a runner, it means that you are going to start looking at running shoes. You are going to start looking at the world record. You are going to start looking at. All the other things that make you a runner, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and it becomes your obsession that okay, because I am a runner, I must always do what I must always run, you know. So that becomes the, the activity that you become obsessed with, and then that's what you do. This is how it starts, actually.、Yes. Remember, in the Bible, in the beginning, it was the Word,、yes. right? It's it's the same thing. If you want to trigger something out of you, you have to speak it,、yeah. you know. Have to, and when I usually say it, it, it seems it seems awkward. It seems funny, but it's reality. It's, it's the true, truth. True. You know. You also made a reference that we are human beings, but definitely we are also spiritual beings having a human experience. You understand, and that's and that's the unifying factor that we are having a human experience. You know,、hmm. and, and that experience is not defined. It's not labeled as we. Have meant it to be that we put labels on it and say, "Oh, you're Nigerian, or you're Ivorian, or you're Senegalese, or you're whatever." You know, those labels is what sort of like, yes, they make you conform, they make you behave, but exactly, 
it goes back to the point of if you want to create anything of substance, if you want to practice that artistic expression, you have to be more than that. You know, you have to be more than that identity because those are limitations that hold you back. Exactly. So you got my point, actually. You absolutely. I did. I did. It's more than you. Yeah. It's funny. You can even go deeper because when you say I am, it's a way of saying we are because you're an extension of other humans, you know? Just an extension. You just, because like I always say, once someone does something extraordinary, everybody takes advantage of it. Everybody takes of it because yeah. it's, it, be- kind. it belongs to us, you know? So it's more than you. This is why staying in a box is kind of dangerous because it's, uh, it, it doesn't give you your full potential, you know? Yeah. It's truly just a way of seeing things. It's just a lens because everything is about perspective, you know? It's sad that currently, currently in, in the world we live in, we've been taught, like you said, a lot of structures have fallen out of place, you know, so things that were normal are not normal anymore, you know, especially like you said, family systems, like culture, you know, those things were the things that passed on knowledge. That knowledge gap is being cut, you know, for instance, especially here in Ghana, like a lot of our cultural messages are passed through songs, you know? Mm-hmm. So th- those songs obviously are in local languages. Yeah. And it's not in English. You wouldn't get the direct message that it is meant in English, you know? Yeah. The sad thing is that language also didn't evolve past the modern day, what it should be now. That has also affected the knowledge gap or the knowledge transference, if you get what I mean. But just to say that we as artists also have the job of telling these stories just to also serve as like, we serve as a guide, you know, to say that, okay, the road is not straight as you think. Of course. There are branches that you can take and we can sort of inform people to see that, okay, there's a larger picture than what you used to think or what you used to see. So those are some of the ways that... Mm -hmm. I think that as artists, we also have a, a sort of like a, a call to action that we're supposed to remind people about sure. what it means to be human, you know, and what we have to do whilst we're here with our time. Definitely. I always say this. It's not even being an artist. It's even as human being, just genuinely a human being, you need to be more than just being a breather. You, breathing is nothing. You know, you need to leave something. It's not, it's not money. It's about be, having something that's important doing an action that's something that's better than yourself, you know, something that that can improve something, can be a a good gesture. Those things are much more important than just, you know, having a normal life, paying your rent, all that stuff, you know, because once you're not, trust me, money, if you're not here, there's always someone who's richer than you, actually. Money is nothing. If you're rich, okay, you can find someone richer. What's the deal, (laughs) you know? But what's, when you're not here, your actions are what's going to speak volume. What did you do? What was the effect of your, your life? You know, who did it affect? Who did you influence? What do people say about you? This is what stays. So even as an artist, the impact you had, I don't think it's, I don't think it's really about your art. It goes deeper than this. It's the sacrifice you made for art, for your art, you know? It's what you did, actually, that impact. People who want to be like you, actually. Yeah. And what's the impact you're trying to have, Medirik? I'm still figuring out, to be honest. I'm still figuring out. 
I'm still figuring out. I, it, because if you want me to be honest about it, I'm still figuring out. There's nothing planned out. You know, I'm just doing the work, doing the best I can, trying to reach the world by, remember, having some, keeping the morals straight. Because what I've learned is, is that an artist can do his part, but that doesn't mean that the problem is not going to uh, still be here. You know, you can still talk about what the problem is going to be, but you can still leave your mark. You know, you can still, people can still um, read a book and see what you did on your lifetime. Yeah. You know, I think that this is enough for me. This is enough to be marked in an art book or in the junior human history. It says Mitterick lived between this year and this year. And this is what he did. And this is all the generation he, he, he influenced. That's enough for me. You know, and in the meantime, what, what, this what is motivates you to keep going when it gets difficult. I mean, definitely being an artist, it has its ups and downs. That is always going to be better. <laughs> because actually it's I always say this after the rain what what comes <laughs> yes there's it nothing stays forever and and I think that I'm I'm prepared for this I think that hard times are much more valuable than good times they're the same actually you know once you have hard times you can you still have to thank the universe or god or whatever you want to say if you have good times you still have to thank the universe because it's, remember we're speaking about balance, right? It's the same thing. It's, you can call it yin and yang. You can call it, there's different cultures who call it different, you know, they have different words for it. But I think that you need to have that in your life to know that you're in a certain way you're living, you know, because it comes with life actually, you know, the, the hard times. And as, as an artist, I think you should be prepared for it because I remember when I started it, I was always frustrated when someone said they didn't like my art. I didn't understand that that was the fuel that I needed to perfect it, you know? And, and it, because imagine, imagine if everyone loves your thing. It's boring, trust me, because your ego is going to go so much high that you, that you think that everything you do is, is perfect. What makes you think that you only had people who were just saying it just because they, they want to get rid of you, you, you know, get rid of you or something, you know, it's, 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 you, you need those type of effect on your life. Those type of people who are, don't like your art, people who, um, uh, who don't like you actually to be you. Because once, once you know this, once you train your mind to this, this is how you know that you're, you're doing something because the evolution goes from this point from this point. It's like you you went from um, um, being um, having no confidence to having an extra confidence because of this, because it started out bad, you know. And every sports people, artists, everyone we admire, they're gonna tell you the same thing: is that they had they had a uh, um, they had a lot of insecurities, you know. Um, from the jump, and I think that the fact that they wanted to prove made them the best. Yeah, yeah. What were some of the personal challenges in your own life that you've had to overcome, Edery? Like I told you from the start, it was my family first. I had to convince my father, but the the funny part of it, because my my father died, rest in peace, in 2017, but the funny part of it is that uh, we, I mean, he was my father, we weren't enemies, but 
he went from disliking what I did to being my number one fan. <laughs> it's funny. It's yeah. very funny. He came to, and, and it's all started when he came to my first show. It was a prize. I won an art prize in Abidjan and Cote d'Ivoire in 1999. I remember. Yeah, yeah. That was my first art prize. How old were you then? 99, I don't even know. Maybe 19 or 20 or something. I, I can't forget. Maybe 19 or something. I can't remember. I'm not good at, at numbers. You should ask the Vinci for this. I'm not good. <laughs> anyway, I had my first prize and I remember I bought my first bike. It was something I don't even know. What do you guys have in Ghana? It's CD, right? CD. It's CD. I don't know how much it makes, but in Cote d'Ivoire, it was 1 million francs CFA. I don't know how much it makes in CD. But that was, that was the first prize I had, so I went to buy a bike. Anyway, to make the long story short, I, my father came, and he was so impressed with the amount of people who came. There was ambassadors, you know, there was people who he, he respected. He came to see his child, and his mind switched. Yeah. I, I looked at his eyes, where he was like, oh, he felt sorry for all the time he didn't have faith in me. But from the look, I gave them another look that said, I understand this. Yeah. You know, and after that, trust me, every day he was called, hey, Metric, do you know, do you know that artist <laughs> name? <laughs> you know that doesn't exist in, in Spain. Do you know this? I said, yeah, yeah. I know. Because I always say that it's just like my son. I have a nine years old son. His name is Sean. He was, he's unfortunately a divorce. So he, he's with mother and Cotiwa and he's very good at soccer, actually. So he wants to play soccer he wants me to put him in a school and soccer and everything you know since it's because you have to start young actually i tell him every time no you're gonna have to convince me because this is how i understood my father now because a, a son's job or a daughter's job at anything it's to convince their parents that this is their path this is what they want to do as parents you're always scared of your parents taking the wrong path you know and this is why sometimes I reflect about it, about my own journey with, with, my, with my father. And I understood that I had to convince my parents, actually, that this is what I wanted to do. And from the first exhibition, this is how it, it all started. So to answer your question, that was the, you know, that was the, the thing for me and my father to convince them that this is what I wanted to do. From that day, it, it continued. And... I don't know, but but I had a little bit of rap career. I did a little bit of hip hop um, back then. <laughs> and um, that was from my, of course, you know, when you grew up in the United States from the in the nineties and stuff. That was all gangster rap, all that. You know, I got influenced by all that. And yeah, but the good part about it is that I got influenced by gangster rap, but I didn't live that life. You know, I was very well you know spoken i was educated and it, it was all passion i didn't really want to do those drug things hang out with gangsters no 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 and this is why i'm very thankful for my father actually because this is why i talked to you about the balance in all things he gave me that education that strict education because in everything you do in life you need to have a certain type of education it's very important i always say to people if you want to be good at something educate yourself on it you know, it's not that hard. You need to read on it. You need to learn who was the first creator, who did this, who did this. You know, you have to know the, the whole history of it before, you know, putting yourself out there. And this is how I, I thank my father, actually, because he gave me that element that, you know, that didn't take me into the wrong path.
you know. And uh, yeah, I, I think the hard part about it, I think it's um, there's too much to say about my, the, the whole journey because, of course, I had a lot of failures. I lost a lot and, and to art prizes before I, I won. I got used to people saying that I wasn't talented. I got used to saying people that, what was I doing it for? I'm losing my time. Like you said, I think that Remember in the first period of our, the first segment of our interview, I said that you need to believe that you're special first because it's very important because it's, it's like your subconscious needs to know this. And this is what's going to, uh, you know, keeps you going. You must say that you're special, even though you're not special, yeah. <laughs> you know, you must say that you're special. And I think that this is how it's going to go. And all my life I've been doing this. Let's say that the fact that you discovered me, it's part of it. You know, it's taking me through that. You know, it's really part of it. It's part of the journey. And I think that uh, the, the way I'm doing things is, is the way a normal artist should, should do. Is I always say that you're special. If, even if you're just starting, even if you're starting any field, you need to know that, uh, okay, I have a special destiny. I have, so I need to be curious about it. I need to learn Maybe the universe wants to use me for something. I need to do this, you know? And what's funny is that the universe really uses you yeah. when you say this. It's funny, no? So, yeah. 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 We've spoken about a lot of things here, Maderick. We're about wrapping up. If you could share a message with your 19-year-old self back in 1999, what would you have said to yourself? Uh, that's a very good question. Actually, <laughs> that's a very, very good question. I have to be very honest with you. I think I, I was going to start my art career earlier. I was going to start earlier. I think I got distracted by a lot of outside things, you know. But like I told you, nothing comes like this. It's all, it's not everything is written, but I think it's... It's as it's supposed to be. Exactly. So, and it takes time. Remember when I talked about talent and skills yeah. and working? They're two different things. I think that when I talked to you about what I sort of started, I think I should have worked on my path a long time ago. Maybe I was going to get a head step maybe further. Maybe. I don't know. But I think it was meant to be. Because once, once you want to correct history, this is how you get all wrong. You get wrong. Because if you take out one element of your history... Well, everything is going to be <laughs> yeah. the same. I also believe that that's what makes you unique. That's what makes you Maderick. You know, all of your accumulated experiences up until this point is what has made us have this conversation. Exactly. That's that's exactly true. So in, in, in every field, you know, you can take writers, you can take all the, even if they never wrote a book. But the fact that they were junkies, they were playing things, they're going to write the whole story. And that's what makes them, you know, because they have the story to tell. <laughs> you know? They have a story to tell. And, and I think that even for me, um, all, all, all your, fav your failures or all your, the, the down part about your life, the, the, the horrible side, it's still a story to yeah. tell. <laughs> you know, I think the wrong thing to do is to, Ask about what you shouldn't do, what you should have, have done, and no, no, no. This is not what you should do. You should be thankful that you're still, you know? And um, um, the best thing for you to do, actually, for any, uh, everybody, actually, 
is to think about what you're going to do. You know, I think the future uh, or the present, actually, not the future, because the, the future, you never know what's going to happen. It's the present time that's much more, has a much deeper effect on your life than anything else. Neither the past, yeah. neither the future, yeah. you know. Madirik, I don't like the word advice, but if there's a recipe mm-hmm. that you've learned over the last decade, over your career, right? If there's any ingredient that you could share to some of the things that we've, we've, we've spoken about to what it means to be like a great artist yeah, on what you've learned, what would be your recommendation? If I can put it in one word, it can be stay consistent. Because in everything you do in life, you have to stay consistent. Because this is how things happen. It's the fact that you're staying consistent in what you do. Remember, I talked about having skills and everything and working. It's, it's not the same thing. I believe in people who put the work are way better than people who have skills. What's funny about the work is that it gets you better and better and better and better. The skill guy... Of course, he's skilled, but with no work, the guy who works is going to go a thousand years ahead of him. And th- this is why I'm talking about consistency. It's like to be successful is to be permanently on your craft. That's all. You really need to be on your craft. There's nothing else. An outside effect of it is going to come by itself, whether if it's money if it's your your personal life, if, if, if you're, I don't know, whatever, it's going to come. But the way you're working, and like I always say, I, I have faith in life. Uh, you need to have faith in the universe. It's going to get too complex, but what, what I can say is, is the consistency. You need to stay on, on your field and believe in it. And the universe is, is, is going to make the magic happen, you know. It's going to make the magic happen. And there's no way when you stay consistent, there's no, it, it, it's going to stay like this. It is always a result. Always. You know? So if, if, you, if I can put it in a word for, for, from my point of view is consistency. You know, you need to be um, um, always doing your craft. That's all. There's no magic, actually. Okay. Okay. There's uh, no magic. Uh, we're almost wrapping up. So do you have any last words for our listeners? Um... Yeah, I mean, whatever you do, you, you need to know that uh, all life is pretty short. You know, the human being's life is pretty short. So you need to be passionate about something, at least in life, you know. This is what makes the life better, you know. It's like when you're passionate about something, the universe creates a way of you to live out of it, you know. Because the universe works like this. If you're very passionate, you can go to ups and downs. That's not the problem. Everybody goes to, you remember you spoke about Steve Jobs, you talk about all these people. They, if they told you a life, their life, you, you, you're never going to exchange their life for it with yours. Trust me. Life is very short. So what you need to do is find a path, find something that you like and make sure that you bring enough passion through it and uh, mm-hmm. the universe is going to make the, uh, the work for you. Trust me, it yeah. always works. Yeah. In closing, Mederick, in your own words, what's the definition for love? Ooh, that, that's, that, that's, oh my God, look, look at those questions. <laughs> um, love is, is, is sacrifice. When you sacrifice, when you're ready, if you, if you, if you want to, if you sacrifice something, it's, it's the genuine 
definition of love is that you're ready to sacrifice something for someone or something or I don't know this like for instance when I told that I love art well I made a lot of sacrifices for it <laughs> you know uh, when you love someone you're ready to take the risk to do something even even if it's physics for that person when you love something you 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 don't want that thing to get hurt or to be you know love 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 is um I don't think love is just one way of saying things. It has a whole lot of, of you know, of, of, uh, yeah, a whole lot, a whole lot, a whole lot. Because sometimes, yeah. Remember, I talked to you about my father um, being strict with me. Yeah. Sometimes love can go this way because you love them so much that you you want to be hard with, uh, on them, and when you're hard on them that person is going to learn after that it was love. It wasn't being hateful. It was a way of protecting you, <laughs> you know, because the world can be a very dangerous place. And if you don't, if you don't know how to protect yourself, be, you know, um, having core values, it's going to eat you alive. You know, love is a pretty, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it depends, but I think for, for me, it's, it's most, most of it, most of it is it's sacrifice. You know, it, it you, it's uh, if I, if I love yeah. something or someone, I'm ready to get go into that sacrifice stage. Wow, wow. this has been a great conversation, Madrick. You, you definitely got me thinking a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, as well, it was very very interesting. I love having those type those type of of um, conversation and topics because I'm um, I love to read a lot and I love to discuss about. Yeah. Something that goes even outside of my, my, my work. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep in touch. I'll definitely keep in touch. Stay blessed, my brother. So stay with us up and thank you for the conversation, okay? All right. All right. Uh, Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.